got to accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative, and latch on to the affirmative. Don't mess with Mr. In-Between. Welcome, everyone. I am Joe Rendacci, and this is the eighth episode in my podcast series called How to Fake It When. In each episode, we focus on important moments of our lives that we suck at and explore how you can better fake it until you make it. So join us for a thought-provoking session of some fact, some fiction, and a little fun that looks to explore the reality and wretchedness of human interaction. As always, we begin with a humble thank you to the particular sponsor for each episode. This week, in line with our coffee topic, the shout-out goes to Pete's Beans. Hand-grown, Pete is passionate about also hand-picking the finest crop of premium beans to bring the most flavored cup of coffee to you. So remember, if you want to experience something new and exciting, swallow a mouthful of Pete's liquid love and your lips will thank you. Mm, who wrote that? Let me introduce my co-host, as if I have a choice, a voice that needs no introduction, and I wish I didn't have to give it, but you'll hear it regardless of what I try to do. It's AI, and if you don't know by now, it's not AI as in artificial intelligence. That was our last episode. This AI is the asshole inside of me. Yep, that's right. You know that dark little side of you that's kept in check from thinking out loud and saying wrong bad stuff? Mine is now co-pilot of my jumbo jet plane of a brain. And we're on a long overseas direct flight to nowhere. Fast. Say hello, bud. Put the seatbelt light on. We're about to hit turbulence until I get my morning coffee in me. That's true. We have started this without the caffeine flowing through our rusty pipes. Well, it's still brewing. So, let's get to the history of coffee. According to legend, coffee was first discovered by an Ethiopian goat herder named Kaldi in the 9th century. Apparently, he saw his goats became more jacked up after eating the berries from a tree. So, he had one and was a bit zippy himself. And yes, I'm saying berries. But inside of them, you got it. Coffee beans. And honestly, this story was written around 800 years after it supposedly happened. So, it may have fake news written all over it. But it is what it is. And that jacked up feeling, that was the caffeine in the bean. And if you're wondering, how do you decaffeinate it? Well, you soak it in water until it dissolves off. That's the organic way called the Swiss water method. Mostly though, it's a process of soaking and using solvents. So think about that next time you ask for your decaf coffee. And the word coffee, where do we get that? That goes back across many languages. From Yemen, where it was a romantic term for wine. Think about that. Another cup of coffee, dear? Mm. Then it jumped from Yemen to Turkey, then to Holland, where the Dutch called it coffee. K-O-F-F-I-E. And finally, to the coffee, C-O-F-F-E-E, word we use in English. 
I ate turkey with coffee? No, that's the country, you fool. So, let's jump ahead to where coffee spreads to Europe in the 16th century. The first coffee house? Venice, 1645. God bless the Italians. Pizza and coffee. Then coffee arrived in North America in the 17th century, and you remember this part from school. During the Revolutionary War, the Boston Tea Party was a famous protest against British tea taxes, which led to increased coffee consumption, and boy did they like their tea. Did Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts secretly team up to cause that? No, but I like how you think. Then, in the late 19th and early 20th century, we saw the emergence of famous coffee brands like Maxwell House and Folgers. No, Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts would come much later. And back to the Italians, the espresso machine came along in the late 19th century, and then drinks like cappuccinos and lattes. Which brings us to types of coffees. There are numerous types, each with its own unique flavors and way to prepare it, and cultural significance. So, some of the most popular types of coffees are drip coffee, which is known as filtered coffee, or just called coffee here in the U.S., just drip hot water through ground coffee beans. Then you have espresso, a concentrated coffee made by forcing hot water through finely ground, dark roasted coffee beans. So if the bag says espresso coffee beans, they're just dark roasted. Then there's Americano, which is espresso with hot water added. That's pretty much it. Then there's cappuccino, which is espresso with steamed milk and topped with frothed milk. They like their milk. Then there's a latte, which is espresso with steamed milk and a small amount of frothed milk, and it's milder than a cappuccino. So over here, we order a latte, which is a coffee, over here meaning the U.S. In Italy, if you just order a latte, you get a glass of milk. So be careful. Then we have a macchiato. That's an espresso stained or marked with a small amount of frothed milk or milk foam. My wife can't get through the fall season without Starbucks holding her hostage over too many caramel macchiatos. Isn't that just extra sugar in a $5 cup of coffee? Yeah, and a pretty leaf on the cup. Then there's cold brew. That's coffee steeped in cold water for an extended period of time, usually up to 24 hours, resulting in a smooth, less acidic, and highly caffeinated beverage served over ice. And they're pretty good. Then there's Turkish coffee. That's really strong, unfiltered, made in a special pot with sugar added. And then there's Greek coffee, similar to Turkish coffee. It's made in a briki. That's a small pot, but it's typically less sweet. Greek, Turkish, and Americano? Where's the coffee for the state you live in? State? What state do I live in? Denial. You still suck at podcasts. How don't I see that joke coming every time? Anyway, back to types. There's one I left out, and that's chicory coffee. It's made from the chicory root plant and doesn't contain caffeine or any acidity. Not bad, huh? 
And really, with all the flavored creamer I put in my coffee, I could drink a cup of hot water with a brown crayon in it and give you a thumbs up. Okay, that's enough types. There's not going to be a quiz here. So, on to our first conversational scenario. Let's start with Norman walks into this new little cafe in town. Cute decor, cute paint colors, and an even cuter barista whose name is Sophia. Norman was instantly smitten with Sophia when he first walked in. Well, when he first looked in the window and saw her, but he didn't walk in. He knew he wasn't prepared to talk to her, no less order. So he ran home and he stuttered up on his coffee facts, not wanting to make a fool of himself again. He had went into the proctologist's office instead of the dentist and joked that he was ready to be drilled. But back to the scenario, he had to prepare for Sophia, so he used tip number one. Prepare to be there. So when you're looking to make a good impression, dress for success. No t-shirts, nothing with words or slogans or pictures of Star Wars characters, and nothing with pastels that give someone the impression that Miami Vice is making a comeback, because it's not. So Norman gets some new digs and Googles the crap out of the word coffee. Then he heads to the cafe at 10.37 a.m., just late enough for the morning rush to be over and just early enough before the lunch crowd gets it. Yeah, it cost him a day off, but he doesn't have much of a life to use the time off anyway. So yeah, this is as good as it gets. Now, Sophia smiles and asks Norman what he would like. Norman smiles back and orders a decaffeinated bokeh latte with shaved Belgium chocolate shards and an egg white frittata with a hint of jasmine. He flashes his pearly whites, triumphant of his verbal command of liquid delights and fine fried delicacies, until he realizes her gaping stare is because not only did he not say any of that, but there's a hint of drool coming out of the corner of his silent mouth. So, Sophia, a bit miffed now, asks again, but this time she changes it up. She says, Sir, are you well? Would you like a nice cup of chamomile tea? This freaks Norman out. Tea? Well, what's tea? He knows what it is, but his head's in a swirl and he even forgets how to breathe. But he does recover from that and says, No, my dear, I would love a good old cup of java, which was named for the Indonesian island that the Dutch first brought it to in the 1700s. The saying, Cup of Joe, also comes from the same island of Java, which when mixed with mocha and was called Jamoke, or Joe for short. Now, Norman, feeling mighty proud that he memorized that and got it all out properly, looks over for her amazed reaction. But she is hanging up the store phone and she says, sorry, can he repeat that? Norman's eyes then cross and he falls face first into the straws and napkins. Wait, what? How did he fake this until he makes this? Great question. And leads us to tip number two. If you empty your gun by missing badly and can't fake it verbally, fake it physically. Are you serious? This is the worst advice ever. Is it? See, 
Sophia also works as a candy striper nurse and is very sympathetic to the injured. So the whole Florence Nightingale effect of falling in love with your patient kicks in and they live happily ever after. No, they don't. That's from the Back to the Future movie on in the other room. Who's ready for a cup of coffee? It's done brewing. <sighs> okay, on to the next scenario. So a doctor, a lawyer, and an aerobics instructor walks into a bar. Wait, now you're telling bar jokes? I'd report you to the FCC, but no one knows you're on the air anyway. Tut tut, inner fellow. This is not a joke, it is the situation. So, the three of them walk into a bar, separately. The doctor's been there, he's distraught, bad day at work, something about he lost his car keys during an operation, and upcoming malpractice lawsuits. The lawyer is at least six drinks into a pending dozen before he has to Uber home. And then in comes the aerobics instructor called Tara. Tara's not had the best of days either, hence the bar at 4.30 in the afternoon. She had one woman show for her class with so much overflowing out of her spandex that she looked like five pounds of turkey stuffed into a one-pound bag. Tara's classes have been far and few and she needs to find a better job, or in her case, a husband, since her biological clock is ticking. You just can't stay out of the penalty box, can you? Shush. So, she's got a choice in front of her between Dr. Strange and Lawyer Larry. She sees they're already looking at her pastel leotard, so step one is done. She's got their attention. Now she needs to impress these cocky, slightly inebriated fools with her wit. So, Tara utilizes tip number two. Find facts fast. Tara needs data. Now, she didn't prep because she didn't have time to prep for anything. The day went bad, and to the bar she came. So, she sees both men are well soused already and will be in Hangoverville very shortly. That means relief is hers to bring. She spots the coffee pot behind the bar and springs into action. She asks the bartender to serve up a nice cup of hot coffee to the two men because it will mend their hangover in no time. Both men half understand her and are impressed. An hour later, she's formed a meaningful relationship with one of the two men. Really? Who? The doctor? Oh god no. The lawyer. And it's not a romantic relationship. It's business. See, she recognized the incompetent doctor from the scar on his forehead. A scar he got from one of her aerobic students who went to him for a consult, and he hit on her. So she hit on him with the stapler on his office desk. She left a mark all right. So Tara knowing coffee does not help a hangover. In fact, it makes it worse since both alcohol <clears throat> and coffee are natural diuretics, and your drunk body actually needs water. So never, never, never believe those old wives' tales like, coffee's the elixir. And that's what she kept passing to the lawyer. Water. So it eventually sobered him up. If Dr. Strange was any kind of doctor at all, he'd have known about the water versus the coffee. But while he was still drunk, Tara made sure his babbling flirting remarks were heard by the bartender and the waitress 
And then Sarah pressed sexual harassment charges against him with the help of her new lawyer buddy and won $2.3 million off him. And then she lived happily ever after. Wow. I know, right? That brings us to tip number three. Sue someone new. That's right. Been aggrieved. Been deceived. Find retribution in your legal institution. Again? Wow. I should sue you for ownership of this body. Good luck. I can even recommend a good lawyer. What time is it? 4.30? I know exactly where he is. Okay, so our three tips were prepare to be there, find facts fast, and sue someone new. That brings us to the end of our show. Thanks to my AI today. After that, I need something stronger than coffee. And thank you, my listeners, for sharing your time with us on our eighth podcast. Please follow us and spread the word that no matter how crappy your day is going, no matter how much you'd like to run screaming from an afternoon bar crowd of professional degenerates, relief in the form of a little bit of fact, fiction, and fun is only a click away. Later, all. You got to accentuate the positive, yeah. Yes, yes. I need the negative and laugh. Yeah.